0: Good morning. Man, it's so good to see all of you here this morning. I hope that you're doing well. And let me take the opportunity. You, you've probably already heard it at least once or so, but for all the mothers that are with us today, we want to wish you a very special and very grateful, happy Mother's Day. We, we love moms. We, we recognize your value and your importance. And uh, we're just so grateful that we have so many uh, amazing mothers uh, here in the church. And we, we're kind of like a village. And so we, we have a lot of co-parenting, a lot of co-mothering. So I'm very grateful for the mothers in our church that, that helped my wife and I uh, raise our two little girls. And so we're very grateful that, that you're, so many of you are with us. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, uh, because today is your first day hanging out with us, I want to say a, a special welcome for, for you first-timers. We like new people at Fusion City Church. So much, in fact, that we want to give you a gift just for showing up. We, we Like I said, we love new people. We want to have an opportunity to meet you. And, and so the way that you're going to get that free gift Uh, as uh, as one of our first-timers is if you'll take just a few minutes during uh, the time that I'm up here today to fill out the bottom portion of the program that you got when you came in. We call that a connection card. If you'll fill that out with a little information and then take it to the hub just just inside the doors as you came in, we have a gift there for you. Again, just our way of saying, man, we're really glad that you're here. We know you could have went to a lot of other places or stayed in the bed this morning, the fact that you chose to come and hang out with us. It means a lot to us, and we're really glad that you're here. Uh, if you haven't been with us before, then what you might want to know is that today we are in week four of a series that we started just a few weeks ago called Anxious for Nothing and believing uh, that the truth of Scripture, that, that we can have a peace and a calm among our lives that seems, uh, that seems a bit out of character, that we can have this peace, that we have access to a peace that is above any peace that we could garner for ourselves, we've been talking about that for the last few weeks. And If you haven't been with us, I'd like to catch you up on some of the things that we talked about. I'd encourage you, if you're interested, uh, to go back and listen to the podcast from this series. You can find that on our website. But in but in week one of the series, we talked about this command to rejoice that Paul gives us. And we learned that the command to rejoice is not an, an empty command, but it's an anchored command. That, that Paul tells us to rejoice in the Lord. And so our rejoicing is not tied to nothing, but it's tied to a rejoicing in our relationship with Christ that we are to rejoice in the Lord. It's an anchored command. Week two, we said that in order for us to become contagiously calm to the people around us, that a contagious calm consists of a constant clinging to Christ. And I bragged because I was super proud of myself for coming up with something that had so many C's in it, right? You guys remember? But we, we learned that a contagious calm consists of a constant clinging to Christ. And then last week, we learned about the power of specific prayer, that when we pray specifically, that our that specific prayers are, are serious prayers, when we call the things that we request of God by name, when we call our sin by name, when we make our requests specific, the specific prayers are serious prayers, that they give us an opportunity to, to witness God's work, and they help to create a lighter load because, as we learned from First Peter last week, we can cast our cares upon him who cares for us. And all of this, we've taken from uh, this, this passage in the book of Philippians 5 verses, uh, Philippians 4 verses 4 through 8. And we've been walking through this acronym in a book that we've been reading together uh, that bears the, the title of this series, Anxious for Nothing by Max Lucado. And he gave us this acronym for finding calm in the midst of chaos. Based on these four or these five verses in Philippians 4 that we learn to, to first celebrate God's goodness, to ask God for help. Last week we talked about how we are to leave our concerns with him. And next week we'll dive in to what it looks like to meditate on good things. And again, all of these based out of these five verses that I wanted to read again for us this morning Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. And Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds Through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, oftentimes as it pertains to anxiety, I think that sometimes we have this misconception this misunderstanding that anxiety comes from from that one big thing and and it certainly can come from one big negative circumstance but oftentimes our anxiety is the result of of lots of little things it's the perfect storm I think all of us would be familiar with that that kind of mentality it's all the things coming together all at one time to create the perfect tumultuous situation let let me show you what I mean um I'm going to need a volunteer. Uh, Chris, would you mind? All right, this is, this is my friend Chris. you I give Chris a hand. Chris, this is a 15-pound bowling ball. Can you hold that for me just for a minute? All right, great. Sorry, right, yeah, please don't. Uh, it's my personal ball, actually. I'm a, I'm a bowler. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, so, that's, so Chris, I mean, holding one bowling ball, not, not just like 15 pounds, right? All right, cool. So here, um, if you could just hold this one too. And you see, oftentimes I think we, we just don't realize that in life, it's not always just that one big heavy thing, but it's it's lots of things then that we don't anticipate coming. Chris, if you could, so that one too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> right. So, so offense out here. I'll, I'll uh, give you a hand here. Um, thank you. See, oftentimes it's, it's not just the one thing, or even the second thing, or even the third thing. But about the time we get to that fourth thing, and that fifth thing, and that one additional circumstance, and you can put those right here, man, if you want. I'll, uh... Thank you, sir. See, that's, that's when our anxiety really begins. To set in. And as we feel piled on, and one thing after another after another, that's when we tend to feel anxious, overwhelmed, scared. You know, maybe it's not just the job loss, but it's the job loss mixed with a sick child, mixed with a chaotic relationship with my wife. From my husband. And as all the things begin to add up, it's really difficult for us to find peace. And oftentimes it's because we try to find it in our own strength. And we can carry that one thing. We can carry that second thing. We might could, we might could carry the third thing. But eventually we run out of our own ability. And it's here that Paul offers us promise of something better. Max Lucado said it this way in his book that we've been reading together as a church. He said, as we do our part, rejoice in the Lord, pursue a gentle spirit, pray about everything and cling to gratitude, God does his part. He bestows upon us the peace of God. Note, this is not a peace of from God, our Father gives us the very peace of God. He downloads the tranquility of the throne room into our world, resulting in an inexplicable calm. We should be worried, but we aren't. We should be upset, but we're comforted. The peace of God transcends all logic, scheming, and efforts. To explain it. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about here in in verse 7 as he tells us once again that this this promise of the power of the peace of God. He says this, he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if you're taking notes, I didn't get very creative with the points this week because they come right out of the verse. It was so, so clear how Paul breaks this down. But I want to spend just a few moments focusing on the, the, the two parts of this verse independently. First Paul, first, Paul tells us that this peace of God that God imparts to us, this peace of God that God gives us through a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, his son. This peace of God, the first thing that it does is that it surpasses our understanding now, I told you guys at the at the onset of this series, if, if you were with us, I told the church that these are some of my favorite verses practically in all of scripture because of how how practical I see them play out. And this is the part, this is the verse that, that resonates with me more, maybe more than the other four in this passage. Is that we have access to a peace that surpasses our understanding. Now, have you ever heard somebody say, or maybe you've even said, "Look, just trust me, right? You ever said that? Anybody, show of hands, ever said it or heard it said? No, 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 like, hey, why are you doing, why is this, why are you doing that, why are you working it out this way? Ah, just trust me. And at that point, you have a decision to make, right? You can either just trust them, or you can continue to ask and to question and to look into and to investigate and, Ultimately annoy them, right? That's pretty much the options. See, here's the relationship that exists when the, when the phrase just trust me is mentioned. Here's the, the dynamic of the relationship. I know something that you don't know. Furthermore, me trying to explain it to you is just going to make you more confused. I'm just asking you to trust me. Just let me do it. Let me handle it and you stop worrying. That is the relationship that God desires with us. That's the nature of trust. That's what it means to trust. But we are a, we are a culture that is consumed with, the, with, with, with control. I need to know why. I need to know how. I need to know how much it's going to cost. I need to know how it's going to work out. I need assurances. Here's the problem. Our understanding of God's grand scheme, God's grand plan of his ways being higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts, with all of that in view, God would beg of us, And just trust me. And then then he promises this peace that surpasses understanding. Here's the beauty of that. Here's why I love that so much. Because God promises this supernatural peace. Now, we live in a culture that not only loves to know all the inner workings of everything that we're involved in. But we're in a culture that is consumed with extremism. That everything is either the best or everything is the worst. And so, words like awesome, fantastic, phenomenal, excellent like all of these words are, are sometimes ascribed to things that are none of those things. That is not phenomenal, fantastic, awesome. That was okay. Or that was good. Or that was, yeah. But, but we'll use these terms to, to, to describe those things because we're, we're an extremist type culture. And so in order for us to, to hear that something is supernatural could potentially be lost on us. But here's what I want us to do for this moment. Is that if we could for just a moment not let that word be lost on us. God offers us a supernatural peace that surpasses our understanding. That means that it surpasses human intellectual powers, human analysis, human insights, and human understanding. It is superior to human scheming, to human devices, and human solutions. It means that we can have a peace when there should be no peace because it is a peace that is above natural. You and I have the ability in our own strength to assume and to, and to have and to possess a natural peace. But the peace of God goes beyond our peace. It surpasses our understanding. This is why I love this verse so much because I can't tell you how many times I've been eyeball to eyeball with somebody else that says, Pastor Brian, I just, like, this is going on and I got this happening and then this happening. I feel so overwhelmed and I just don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I just don't understand. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. This is where I go. And i slow down at verse 7. Because God offers to us a peace that surpasses our understanding. You don't have to understand to still have peace. Do you get that? Do you see how remarkable that is? You see how awesome that is? That I can, because I believe in the goodness of God, because I'm celebrating his goodness, because I am rejoicing and celebrating in the goodness of God, because I believe that he is, in fact, good. I can trust him even when I don't understand. And it's so encouraging for me to be able to look across that table and tell that person that is struggling in life, in situations, in marriages, in parenting, in school, And tell them, you don't have to understand, but you can still have peace. You can still rest. You can still find a calm in the midst of your chaos. God's peace, it goes beyond understanding. Imagine with me for a moment. The story of God that our lives would tell. When we begin to experience and exhibit a supernatural peace of God imparted to us because of our trust in him. You lose your job. You, You fight with your spouse. Your kids do kids stuff, because they always do, right? They go wayward. Or, or, or something, or, or the loss of a family member, a sickness, a surgery. Imagine the story of God your life would tell if in the most chaotic of circumstances you exhibit a peace, That goes beyond understanding. And imagine the questions you get. How in the world are you so calm right now? Here's the answer. Ready? Ready? Here's the answer. I don't know. I don't know. You want to know why I'm calm? I don't understand what's going on. But I have a faith. And a belief and a trust in the one who does. And man, he's good. He's good. He's so good. So I don't have to understand. You know, why am I peaceful? Because of him. How are things gonna work out? I don't know. What are you gonna do next? I don't know. <laughs> But in the midst of my inability to understand or contemplate or conceive or figure out, I can still have the calm of God, the peace of God. Second thing that Paul tells us God's peace, this peace of God does for us, is that God's peace guards our hearts and minds. That God's peace, that not only does it surpass our understanding, but it will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, here Paul using the terms both. Hearts and mind. I don't think Paul here intended to, to to bifurcate the two in the two separate entities or things, but just to say that the peace of God will guard the whole of a person, That everything that you are, the all of you, your heart, your mind, soul, all of you, the thing that makes you whole, the thing that makes you you, all of the things that make you you. God's peace guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this term here that he uses for guard, it's a it's a military term in the Greek. And this would have been a very familiar term to to those in Philippi because the Roman presence of militant soldiers in the city of Philippi to protect Roman interests in that city would have been extreme. They would have been great. There would have been soldiers guarding that city, Roman soldiers, to protect Rome's interest in the city of Philippi. And so this would have been very familiar language to the citizens of Philippi. And so as Paul writes his letter to to the Philippines. Philippines, see? We put it on the website now, I can't stop saying it. Thank you for that. Uh, You make one typo on the website and now it's stuck forever. Philippians is the book and the letter and the people that were in the city of Philippi. As he writes to the Philippians, Paul tells them that the peace of God will will guard your hearts in the same way that the soldiers guard your city. I don't know about you, but for me, I take great peace in knowing that in the midst of my coming to God, that he extends in return protection of my heart and of my mind from forces that would seek to invade it and destroy it. And oftentimes, here's here's the truth of the matter, oftentimes those things that would seek to destroy it come from the inside. Sometimes you and I can be our own worst enemy, trapped in our own minds, making worse of situations in our own minds than they are in reality, which leads us to be anxious. So here's Paul's promise. God's peace, this peace of God, will guard protect, defend your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That means that he'll protect from external, but also from the internal. we were encouraged both through the book and I believe through this passage as well to to celebrate God's goodness, to ask him for help, to leave our requests with him. And when we do, God will guard you when you give him the things that worry you and scare you. Here's what's interesting. God God doesn't always change the situation. I would go as far as to say that God doesn't usually change change our situation, but he imparts peace in the midst of our situation by changing our perspective, reminding us of his protection that is available to us in those difficult moments and seasons. But those come as a result of our willingness to come to him. These things are contingent on our willingness to pray. So so here's what I'd like to do. I want us to pray. Not me. I'm going to pray too. But I want us to pray together this morning. Because this this was the promise of Philippians 4, 4 through 8. That we can be anxious for nothing when we come with everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, letting our requests be known to God. So I'm going to invite the board of advisors of Fusion City Church to to, to join me on stage. I'd love to introduce you guys to them, um, but I also want them to to lead with us in prayer this morning. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Right where you sit, would you just would you bow your heads for just a few moments as they come And from your seat would you just in this moment confess to God all of the things that keep you awake at night, would you bring those to mind, the the stressors, the things that rob you of joy, the things that scare you, that worry you. In this moment, would you think about your job, that thing, that God has called you to do vocationally. And all the pressure or the stress, the difficult relationships, the difficult clients, or patients, or customers, or co-workers, would you pray right where you sit for God's peace to invade? Your workplace. I'm going to ask our board member, Jamie Forstrom, if she would lead us in a prayer for our jobs.
1: God, what a privilege we have to be able to just honor you, God, in everything that we do, not only in our families and our circle of friends and our community, God, but in the workplace, on the job, God. Sometimes I think we kind of take that for granted, that it's just something that we do, a means to an end, Um, God, but there's just, again, such opportunity there for us to honor you, Father. Um, God, I pray that you would just remind us every day, God, that as believers, we're set apart. We're where we are in these families, friends, uh, communities, and and in the workplace, God. We're there for a purpose, for your purpose. And there's purpose in that placement. God, I pray every day that you, just through your Holy Spirit, God, would would press in on us, Father, and remind us of this contagious calm that we have access to, God, this this peace that surpasses understanding that just doesn't make sense to any of us in the in the tough times at work and the good times at work. God, we rejoice in you in the good times, but just claim that peace and joy. and, And Father, just teach us more and more every day, Father, to be more and more like your son, Jesus, so that we can point others towards him, God, and that's who we pray through right now, Lord.
0: Would you think about your family? For those that you share a home with, for those that are extended, for those that have moved out, for those that have come back. And as you bring to mind that the members of your family, there's, there's no doubt that sometimes families can bring stress because we love so much and so greatly that it's easy to be wounded by those that are closest to us. Would you pray for those people that you're closest to, those those family members, those that you have to to live with and, and love passionately and love through circumstance each and every day? Would you pray for your family? And I'll ask Cameron Park. He'll lead us in a prayer for our families as well.
2: Father, this, this family is, is pretty fresh in my life, God, as, as you've given me and Stacy a beautiful gift of a, a baby, baby girl. And this anxiety is pretty fresh in my life. And Father, I, I just run to you. I put my trust in you. No matter what happens, no matter how many times I fail, you're good and I can trust in you, God. I pray for anyone in here, God, that is anxious about their family, anxious about particular people in their family, God. I pray that you would just help us trust you you are worthy of our trust. Help us to be mindful of that, God. Help us not to worry. Help us not to spiral that anxiety down, God, with our family. Help us to love on our family, to show them the peace of God. We just thank you that we have the Prince of Peace, your Son.
0: All of us know or remember the pressures of our primary education. Many of us have children. They're in school currently. We're at the end of a school year, on the precipice of summer, where exams, the end of year, the pressures for teachers and students alike and parents alike is, is looming. And growing. Would you pray right now for however that situation pertains to you, whether it's whether you're the parent of a student, whether you are that student, or whether you like us here at Fusion just have a great concern and compassion for the families that make up the school systems in this city. Would you pray for our educators, for the kids, for the students, for the faculty and staff of our schools. And I'll ask Kevin Russell, if you would please lead us in a prayer.
3: For God, ourselves. as a teacher, this time of year is very hard uh, and brings about a lot of anxiety. Please grant teachers and students and everybody in the school system uh, an abundance of your wisdom help their hearts to remain open uh, to teaching and to learning. God, this is a stressful time of year with major exams, uh, and you have given us incredible minds uh, with which to understand things and to prepare for those exams. God, grant us peace as we prepare. And God, when students and teachers feel like they are not seen, Remind them that nothing escapes your notice. That time that they put in studying, the time the teachers put in preparing. God, you see it all.
0: I know for a lot of us, one of the greatest points of pressure that we feel in our lives is through our financial situation. There seems to be more month at the end of the money paychecks don't seem to come frequent enough or with enough dollars in them to make the ends meet it's a great point of stress for all of us i think at some point in our lives and whether that is current currently the stressor in your marriage or in your family or in your life personally all of us have seen the, the pressure mount and felt the weight of making poor financial decisions or witnessing those that have made the poor financial decisions. So would you pray right where you sit that God would be honored by how you use that which has been provided to you through him financially. And I'll ask Joel Lewis to lead us in a prayer for how we handle our money.
4: Father, we are just so thankful that we can bring these petitions to you specifically. Father, as we take a look at our finances um, and our financial futures, Father, we we just ask that you be the steering wheel. You be the driving force behind the decisions that we make uh, for what you have blessed us with anyway. It's all yours. Um, we're just going to be stewards of it, Father, and as, as you guide and direct our hearts that we would make wise decisions that would just ease our minds, give us peace, the calmness that you can provide in the decisions that we make, and that also you would give us generous hearts. Father, I feel it It would be harder to be anxious about our finances if we're also being generous at the same time, and that through our generosity that people can see you in us, and we just want that for everyone you know that they would they would come to you in whatever way possible and uh, we just ask all these things in your son's name
0: we thank you father for your peace that is offered to us through christ your son god we pray that you will be honored continually by how we live by how we lead by how we make our decisions God, we desire nothing more than for you to receive all power, all glory, and all honor for your power on display in administering peace to our lives. Father, I ask that you would help us each day to remember that we have a protector, the guarder of our hearts and minds, who stands ready, willing, and perfectly able to give to us a peace that surpasses our ability to understand. God, would you help us to lean into that? Would you help us to press in, Father, and to receive that which you so freely give because of how good you are to your children whom you love? Father, we are grateful that we have access to that through Jesus, your Son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.